these recipes are just fun and easy and all the ingredients are accessible and it's just like an approachable way to just if you want to cut out if you want to do meatless monday if you want to do it three times a week 80 20 or if you have a best friend who's vegan this you know here's a dessert you could bring to their house so that's just the kind of way you know that we've approached it in our lives and i think there are a lot of people who kind of have that mindset and might be a little bit like it's so daunting or feel like you have to it's so strict um and i think it's there's such a huge spectrum Hey guys, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark, a podcast where we sit down with female athletes, fitness professionals, and women in sports to learn their stories and their why, all in an effort to find inspiration and celebrate those blazing trails for the next generation. Today, we're bringing you a conversation with not one, but two professional soccer studs, Allie Riley and Tony Presley. Allie is a defender for Angel City FC in Los Angeles, a dream come true for the born and raised L.A. girl. She also captains the New Zealand national team, which, if you remember from the World Cup, had a big victory this summer. And so we definitely will dive into that. And then Tony, she is an American professional soccer player, and it was during her time playing with the Orlando Pride that she met Allie. First, they were teammates, then friends and now cookbook co-authors. That's right, the two women just published their first cookbook, Girls Gone Veg. It's a compliment to their already successful plant-based blog and show by the same name. Tony is a vegan and Allie a flexitarian. Don't worry, she explains what that means in the show. And the two came together and share their love of food with us. And you guys, it is so fun. They were really mindful to make it an approachable cookbook. So you don't have to be vegan. You don't have to be vegetarian to enjoy these recipes. They taste delicious. They look delicious. They hit all the marks. Today, we talk about how this all began, what the writing and recipe testing process really looked like. We learned something interesting about Tony there. <laughs> we also talk about why this project is so important for young girls and women to see, especially from two professional athletes. And then we wrap things up with their must try recipe. I have not made this one, but let me tell you, I will be making it very soon <laughs> because it sounds delicious. You guys, these ladies are wildly impressive and so genuine. So please help me welcome Allie Riley and Tony Presley to the On Her Mark podcast. First of all, a huge congratulations to you both. Um, I know that it was a long <laughs> three years to put it all together. And what is it like now having having Girls Gone Veg out in the world? Oh my gosh, Tony, you go first. <laughs> okay, um, it's kind of surreal and like a bit of a dream come true. I uh, think we, you know, we put a lot of work into this, um, both together and separately. And to be able to see, you know, where we started and you know where we are now, I think, you know, I'm so proud of the both of us. I think, you know, food is a real passion of ours, and to be able to share that with you know, everyone else. Um, I don't know. It's just really rewarding. I agree. Just having something tangible now and we've been working on it for so long and it's something that brought me and Tony together. We didn't know each other before 
we kind of started working on this. It was, it fueled a lot of our friendship and it helped our relationship just grow so much. And just imagining now other people using these recipes, either cooking together or, or hosting or creating one of our recipes for their friends or loved ones makes us so happy because it's how it brought us together. And it's what we use those recipes for just, I mean, especially right now, I think the world can use as much of, you know, connection and joy as possible. And, and doing that over food is, is very meaningful to us. So I hope a lot of people find joy in it. And so you guys first met in 2020. So not that long ago, and it was during the pandemic, right. And that you guys had to like, kind of build this friendship and connection, um, while being responsible, but also bonding over food. So, um, what did that first look like? you know, who had, who like kind of introduced this idea of, of who introduced the food conversation? (laughs) Well, definitely Tony. So many people had told us that when, when I, when they found out I was going to Orlando where Tony had already been a legend for many years, they said, you are going to connect with her right away. You guys are both such good chefs and Tony's vegan. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, well, I don't know what I can contribute to this (laughs) new friendship since I I'm not vegan. You know, it's funny because when we met and started training, we had a very brief period where we actually were able to connect in person. But then as it was like, oh, I'd love for you to try this, or I love this recipe. I'm going to send you this link. It immediately, everything got shut down. And so we started dropping off little packages of food for each other. And it was clear right away, Tony had these unbelievable recipes. She had cooked for the team. She even had done meal prep for players on the team. And you would never know any of her food is vegan in a good way. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to adapt and change my recipes to try to impress her. And I realized it actually wasn't that hard to make those adjustments. And so we started doing that. And then by the time we were able to form a bubble, so we were able to be a bubble of four. So Tony and her partner at the time and and another really good friend of ours, the four of us trained together and ate together. And Tony, of course, started, Tony and I started cooking together. And she taught me so much just about plant-based eating. And I am a self-proclaimed flexitarian. So I haven't been able to go hundred percent, but probably do like 80, 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just so funny now. And, And after we everything opened up. And I guess COVID feels a little bit like a long time ago now, just because we have spent so much time together since and worked on this together, but it came out of a very unusual kind of situation that we were thrown into and how we were able to somehow test the recipes, write the recipes and, and write this book and, and have a cooking show during all of this time. That's incredible. So Tony, what, you know, you found you're vegan. So you're the, you're the, you are the one who kind of started the, the food She's conversation. The muse. She's, She's the muse. No, no. <laughs> how, like, when did you adopt the vegan lifestyle and what led you there? Um, so in 2016, um, it was like our off season at the time in Orlando and um, I had mainly been just cooking like a lot of vegetarian meals for myself. And, um, I didn't really know much about the vegan diet, plant-based diet. Um, I just had heard the word thrown around bunches of times and saw that there were like, a few restaurants in town that were vegan. And I was like, Hmm, the more I like dived into it, I was like, this doesn't really seem that much different from what I'm already doing. So I was just kind of really curious about it. And I was like, eh, I guess I'll like give it a try. Like, 
because you know, I'm not really cooking meat at home for myself, you know, might as well make a few minor adjustments and go all the way. And, and I've just really enjoyed it. I think initially there were a lot of um, performance-based reasons why I kind of stuck with it, but after learning, you know, about the environment and factory farming and, you know, all like the way that um, animals are treated, I was just like, yeah, this kind of seems like a no-brainer for like the kind of life that I want to lead. And that's how I've been kind of able to stick to it. Mm. And so you talk about some of the, the performance benefits. Um, what were those that you saw um, initially and then over mm-hmm. time as you learned more and did more, um, what did you continue to see? Yeah, so right away initially I noticed um, I was getting leaner. Um, I was sleeping better. I was less bloated. Um, I felt like I had recovered quicker after training sessions, um, was getting less sore. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's been something I've been able to kind of carry, um, on through this, this plant-based journey. And, um, it's kind of been cool to see. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about plant-based diets where you, people are like, well, you know, where do you get your protein from? You're not getting enough protein and all the things. And I think, more and more athletes now are becoming plant-based or, you know, a mix of plant-based and other diets. And I think that, um, you know, we're seeing now that it's, it's doable. It's not as hard as, you know, we once thought and we can still get all of the things that we need. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really great. Allie, do you see that when you're, um, in season, do you typically lean more towards a plant-based diet or, in the off season, do you lean more that way or do you keep it pretty consistent kind of the 80, 20 throughout, throughout the year? It's at this point throughout the year, you know, I, similar to Tony, I already ate a a pretty healthy diet, but I had fallen a little bit into the trap of like, oh, I shouldn't eat too many carbs. And, and when I actually learned about nutrition and I became a certified health coach, I realized really how important carbs are for, especially for soccer athletes and with cooking with Tony and just eating more vegetables that especially contributed to my gut health. And I was sleeping better. And I think there's a huge number of athletes. It's a really high percentage that get an upset stomach with the nerves and like going into their, going into competition. And so stay away from dairy just prior to competition. And so for me, since I was doing that anyways, it kind of just extended out into, you know, my daily routine. But one of the hardest things, which I think is something that we have to acknowledge is we are not, um, we don't make the type of money that our male counterparts do. And so, you know, cooking every day and, or eating out or whatever, whatever you do, it's something that, you know, can take a lot of time and a lot of preparation, especially in, and seeing Tony, I admire her so much for being so disciplined and so prepared all the time. And I don't have that same personality. And I also, I play for a national team that doesn't have a lot of funding. We don't have a chef. Um, now with Angel City, we're really privileged that we do have a chef so I can eat vegetarian, vegan. And again, know that I am getting everything I need to compete at the highest level. When I go away with the national team to countries all over the globe, you know, culturally, culturally, it's different what hotels are going to have. And also, you know, we, we don't 
over, it's kind of out of our control. And so that's something that has stopped me a little bit. And I think it's really interesting and, and important to acknowledge all people's different um, where they are in life, where they are financially, all of these different aspects. We are, we are all so different, but that's why this cookbook is not about, you know, forcing anyone or trying to convince anyone of anything. And Tony has never been that kind of in your face. You need to do this, this, and this. And that's what made me more open to trying it. And these recipes are just fun and easy and all the ingredients are accessible. And it's just like an approachable way to just, if you want to cut out, if you want to do meatless Monday, if you want to do it three times a week, 80, 20, or if you have a best friend who's vegan, this, you know, here's a dessert you could bring to their house. So that's just the kind of way, you know, that we've approached it in our lives. And I think there are a lot of people who kind of have that mindset and might be a little bit like, it's so daunting or feel like you have to, it's so strict. Um, and I think it's, there's such a huge spectrum and Tony is able to do that and is so healthy and so fit and strong and is such a good example of that. But it's like, we run the gamut of what our lives are like and what you feel like you can do. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just still in kind of that phase and, and just financially and with the national team, I think it's important for me to kind of be able to eat everything because we don't have vegan food at our disposal all the time. And it's, I think it is, um, a misconception as well is that it's like, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And so it can be so daunting when you're like, what does this look like? What can it look like? if you don't have the information. Um, so fortunately, Ali, you have a resource in Tony, right? And um, and also understanding kind of like the limitations of your lifestyle right now and knowing, you know, traveling can be one of those things you don't know. I mean, I, I talked to, the, I like to say like the, the weekend warrior, the everyday athlete who's running races. And, you know, if they're traveling, they eat peanut butter and they go, you know, to Europe, they might not have access to that peanut butter yeah, for, exactly. for breakfast, right? Um, so I, I think that a common misconception is that like, if you don't know what you don't know, and it can be so intimidating. So Tony, as you're inviting like teammates and friends into this, again, not forcing it, but inviting them in, what's your go-to dish that you serve them to be like, Hey, this is what you need to try. And <laughs> I promise uh, there's, like there's so many, I think. I, so I always try to give people something they're familiar with. That's how mm -hmm. I kind of like reel them in, um, <laughs> give something they're familiar <laughs> with. And yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. But in a really nice way. So I really like making tofu scramble. I think that's really easy, really accessible. You can kind of tailor it to whatever you want, whatever, whatever vegetables you have. Um, and I think that's so super yummy with avocado on the side, some toast, sprinkle in some cheese or however you want to serve it. Um, any kind of pasta dish, um, you know, there's really good ways to make creamy sauces with cashews or um, Al even has one in the book that utilizes like sweet potatoes. And it's like, she's very modest, but she like, I like a lot of her recipes had already been plant-based and she has taught me a lot about plant-based foods and how to be creative in the kitchen. And I think being plant-based, that's one, it's very fun to try new foods and, and see what you can make out of something and, um, and just very resourceful. And, um, and yeah, so I think as well, we got tofu scramble, we have pastas, um, and probably desserts like yeah desserts are i was gonna one. say tony <laughs> it's definitely dessert yeah like cookies cakes anything i think mm. um 
people are very surprised when they're like, what? There's no eggs in here. There's no butter. Like, how did oh, you do it? Oh, and she but... puts tofu in a cake? Yeah. In the like, cake? You're getting protein. Yeah, in the you don't protein. even know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always, I mean, now protein is like the buzzword, right? Anywhere you can mm-hmm. get protein, you tell anyone that they'll be eating it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also yeah. love this, this friendship because I feel like both of you are just like complimenting the other and like, I just, it's, it's, I love it. It's great. And so what was the, like the recipe selection process with both of you? Cause I feel like you're complimenting the other, you're like willing to take the other's recipe and not your own. <laughs> so what's this process? It was really, it was really hard. We had yeah. a lot of recipes between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately it came down to, and Allie can speak on this too, but I think, you know, first and foremost, we wanted to make this book accessible and fun and like, something for everyone so that I think we took that into consideration when selecting the recipes um obviously we wanted to put like our favorite ones in there as well but um I think just you know making it not too difficult um easily accessible things that people can find anywhere um uh, yeah I think that's the main the main thing it was hard to cut it down and and we are very like you should put your recipe in (laughs) (laughs) But our our publisher, of course, helped us so much. And our friends would tell us which ones were their favorites. But I mean, we could have a, a cookbook with pastas alone, I think, and, and desserts alone and maybe a little more um, intricate or a little bit like more difficult recipes that are a little more maybe gourmet feeling. But again, the, the vibe of this was really a beginning and approachable, like Tony said, and fun and um, we also really wanted to have starters, small plates, drinks, dessert. We wanted to have all the different sections. So of course, then it had to, we had to narrow down each of those sections, but we, we didn't know what we were doing going into it. So our publisher with all of her experience was able to, to give us a lot of knowledge and kind of say, this is what we usually see. And this is how you should think about it. What, I mean, this sounds like this is just the start of like a series that you guys could do. I mean, like a pasta cookbook, desserts. I'm, I'm into this. Para los emprendedores, soñadores, aventureros, trabajadores independientes que contribuyen al éxito de nuestra comunidad. Connector Care de Massachusetts Health Connector tiene planes para cada estilo de vida y presupuesto. Los planes de Connector Care pueden ayudarte a ahorrar en servicios de salud mientras recibes la atención que necesitas. Verifica tu elegibilidad. Visita MA Health Connector what were the biggest lessons that you learned from writing a cookbook? That I'm a really big procrastinator. <laughs> Are you like um, the all-nighter, like the night before all-nighter yes, procrastinator? Yes. Get yes, out, yes. really? Yeah, and it was hard. I think because a lot, like too, like I wasn't writing a lot of these recipes down as I was like making them or I had them so Mm. once we learned like okay this is going to be in the book this is going to be you know here um, I was like oh my gosh like I have to now write all of these things down I have to remake them all write them down like test them again to make sure they're all right have someone else test them Allie's mom was a tester for me god bless (laughs) Um, and just like I think I've learned that I'm going to have to start writing my things now. <laughs> but isn't that like Just what people case. <laughs> love about cooking, right? Isn't that like the creativity of it is that you can just throw things in, try different things. But then I guess when you're 
trying to share it with people, it becomes a little <laughs> more complicated, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we hope people take these and run with them and make them their own. And, but, you know, I think when you write a cookbook, you have to think about the, the, the cook, the chef who has no prior knowledge, isn't going to know what to, what to throw in, what yeah. it should taste like, what it should look like. And that's what the publisher kept reminding us. And the editor was like, <laughs> that's me. I'm like reading know? every single detail. And I'm yeah. like, when does this go in at what point? Oh shoot. I put it in. Do I need to start again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think too, yeah. like this cookbook has so much significance for us because when you go into business with a friend, you know, there's definitely risks and you have to learn how to work together. And we have very different personalities and, and just, you know, methods to the madness. And so I think what I learned was really to trust Tony, trust her, her, her process. She got everything done and also just to be patient with each other, but also it is not instant gratification. We've been working on this for three years and you just have to kind of and this, this was a side hustle too. So we were doing this while being full-time professional athletes. Um, but again, I just think that for us having a passion and, and a balanced kind of life to, to be able to work on this and have our soccer and the stresses of, of all of that. But also it shows like as women, when we don't make that much money in our careers, having this hopefully supplemental income and, and just to kind of spread our wings a little bit and network. And we've met so many cool people and being able to speak to you and, and talk about it. And we're having our book signing in LA next week. And it's just so important for us and hopefully can be something that, you know, we can work with and help us just in our careers and our lives for, for a really long time. And this is, correct me if I'm wrong, the first time that two active professional women's athletes have published a cookbook, right? Like this is, you are paving a way for hopefully more to come and to follow in your footsteps. And you guys are doing that with this, but you guys are both doing that on the pitch as well and what you've done uh, with your careers. And so how important is that for you? Like how aware um, of of the paths that you're, you're paving, are you for this next generation? Is that something that you take into consideration year over year? Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's always important to, um, show others and have examples out there of like what is possible and what can be done. So, you know, other women and young girls are like, wow, I can play soccer and I can do these things outside of soccer too. Like I can do all the things because I am all of the things. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm so drawn to Allie is because um, she is all of the things and I'm so inspired by her. She's doing so many things off the field, advocating for so many people, um, amazing on the field. And it's just like, yeah, like we're badass women. We can do, we can do it all. And I think um, just to be an example and, you know, we're not put into a box. We're not putting ourselves into a box. We want to be, um, our best selves. And I think, you know, being able to do this with her is just one of the ways that we can do that. And that's, I think what I also love about women's sports and especially professional women's soccer is the way that everyone lifts each other up and that it is, you know, you know, when one boat rise, all boats rise, um, philosophy. And is that something, is that something that you've had Ali, your entire career, um, you know, like growing up in the sport, or is that something that 
you found later as you were pursuing the sport at, at higher levels? I think that it's definitely, there's definitely been a shift in, not in, in the women ourselves who are participating in sports. And, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants with Billie Jean King and, and the, the athletes and the soccer players also specifically who have pushed so much for equity and, and media attention and equal pay, you know, all of these things. But mm -hmm. I think that finally there's been a shift in the culture and the mindset of other people suddenly realizing, huh, this is actually a good investment. Women's sports is not a charity. Um, people are actually really interested in this. So yes, we're going to give them more media coverage. Yes, we're going to now sponsor the leagues, give money to federations, sponsor the individual athletes. Mm -hmm. And so I think for, for us to still be playing when this is so different from what we were experiencing when we were younger, when I didn't know I could play professionally. I didn't know that there were these types of opportunities. I, I couldn't dream big enough. And now these little girls will have role models and be able to see us play live and see us on their computers, on their TV screens. And I think too, Tony being a black woman, me being Asian, it's also giving visibility and representation again, where we haven't had a lot of that. We wouldn't have had that growing up. Um, and so I think it's not something that I think I've I've realized and it has shifted, but now, you know, we are all in, in advocating and making things better for the next generations. And it's such a huge part of what we do, especially getting towards the end of our careers when you just want to leave, leave the landscape better than it was when you found it. And I, I really think that women athletes are doing that, you know, across the globe and in this country in particular, when I do think we, we have been given a larger piece of the pie than probably in other countries. And then we are, we are using that to just try to, you know, push, break the, the glass ceiling and, and raise the standard everywhere. When did you, so, I mean, Ali, you mentioned here that you didn't know that even the playing professionally was a possibility. Um, when did that dream become real? I just when it happened, you know, the league folded, there was a, a league that came briefly after the 99 women's world cup. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was still really young then. So I wasn't really thinking about what I would, what I would do with my career, my life. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was so young, when I was 11 and that league, by the time I was, you know, 15, 16, 18, the league, the league was gone. And so when the second league came in, um, I was a, a junior in college. So it came at just the perfect time. Then I was drafted my senior year, but it wasn't until it actually happened that I knew that I could play professionally. Yeah. And it's so different now. I'm so glad. Very similar for me. Um, it, you know, like soccer was something I was always passionate about and just kind of assumed I would be doing because it's all I, you know, was doing back then mm -hmm. um, from a small town where, you know, soccer is like quite large and all the kids are into. And then, um, you know, was fortunate enough to go to college for it. And the natural next step was professional soccer. Um, unfortunately, when I was drafted, the league folded. So <laughs> that kind of left me going to overseas, scrambling, trying to figure out how to still keep playing. Um, 
so yeah, just similar to Ali, I just kind of didn't really fully realize it was a dream or like something that I can do until it actually happened until I was like actually in the consideration for being drafted. And what a wild concept when you think of that, of how, how much you guys have accomplished, um, in that time, right? Like it wasn't that long ago that this wasn't a possibility and now it is. And young girls can see that it's not only a possibility for them, but there are other possibilities. You can be a cookbook author. You can have your own show. (laughs) You can, you know what I mean? You guys are doing that. Um, and two of the, both of you have had kind of, um, challenges in your own careers. Tony, you battled breast cancer, came back and you know, why was it important for you to share that journey um, and to show your the resilience there? Because a lot of people could have made the decision to say, you know, I had a good career and I'm going to just focus on, on my health and my life and be done. Yeah. I think, um, I think as athletes, we sometimes do come back from a lot of things, um, whether that's injury or, you know, you're not in the squad and you're trying to make the squad. So there is a lot of like resilience, Mm -hmm. I think already embedded in us. And I think that absolutely helped me kind of have the mindset that I did when I, you know, found out my diagnosis and was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to, like, what do I have to do next? What's like, the recovery what's the re like I don't know I think I was just kind of using that like soccer instinct of like oh I have to get back to like doing whatever I'm doing you know Mm -hmm. um as quickly and as safely as possible I think you know obviously I had a lot of help around me my teammates my family my friends um, medical staff and um and I just feel very you know fortunate that you know I caught it when I did and I was able to come back when I did um and I think it's just important to be an advocate for others and, and a voice for others. And I hope that, you know, if anything, it just makes women and, you know, even some men um, aware, because I think as athletes too, we, at least I did, I was like, oh, like I thought I was invincible. You always think of like, oh, that could never happen to me. Um, but um, I think, health is so important and these things can happen to anyone. And um, if we're diligent and prepared and like um, proactive in, in our health. And I think, you know, if I can push one message, it would be that just to be proactive in, in your health. I, that's so important. And I love that you not only advocated for yourself, because I know that, you know, the story of it, right. Is that you went in asking asking um to be screened right like you advocated for yourself and that and now you're advocating for others which is incredible and to talk about resilience I mean Ali playing in as many world cups and I with the New Zealand national team this year then New Zealand being one of the host countries for it and winning the first ever game for the country I mean what was that like to have kind of you go every time you, you know, the squad, you guys know that you're putting everything you have into it and to finally get that W. What did that feel like? (laughs) It was, uh, it was the best night of my life. It (laughs) it took 16 years, 16 years. I was playing for the national team without winning at a world cup. And honestly, we had gone into the tournament 
with the very clear goal that we wanted to inspire the next generations and we wanted to honor the players who had come before us and who didn't get recognized, didn't get paid, mm -hmm. didn't um didn't get to win a game at a World Cup and I just felt so proud not just of myself and my teammates, but of everyone who was believing in us. And just that message was amplified so loud when we had the spotlight on us for that one night to, able, to be able to share what our goal was and to acknowledge all the work that had gone in, all the players who had, who had worn the fern before and to try to kickstart something hopefully similar, maybe on a smaller scale as, as the 99 World Cup final here in LA and what Angel City has done now for LA, but just to plant a seed in, in young people's minds, especially young girls, that really they can do anything. And I'm like, if we could win this World Cup game, I promise <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> no, it was just, it was so special. And my parents were there and my partner was there. And, um, you know, so many of my teammates friends and families who had been with us on this very long, torturous journey. But again, I just want, want young people to think that, that the sky's the limit and to just mm -hmm. dream so, so big. I love that. And you guys are both examples of that. Um, so as we wrap up here and you think about people going to, I'd love to say the store and getting the book or going on their computers, whatever they're doing, <laughs> um, what do you hope that people take away? I know you said fun. I know you said just like a curiosity, but if there's like, you know, is there anything else that you hope that people take away from these recipes and from the book? I mean, you nailed it. Like having fun, sharing with others, um, maybe trying something they have never tried before or um, maybe inspire, inspiring them to be creative in the kitchen in some way. Um, I think certainly that's, you know, doing this with Ali, it's pushed me to be more creative in the kitchen and push myself. And um, I, I just, I really love the way that cooking brings people together and friends together, family. Um, I just hope that this book inspires people to have fun, be creative, um, to not be afraid to try something new. And yeah. I know I'm excited to bring the cookies to um, a family party and not tell anyone. Oh. That they're <laughs> have you made them yet? I haven't, but I just like okay. drool every time I look at the photo on the Instagram and I'm just like, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping mine looks like half as good as those. <laughs> no, they're going to look great. And it's super easy. It's super okay. easy. Easy is good. Mm -hmm. I love that it's accessible. That was like, when you guys said that, I was like, I'm in. Um, so I'm, I hope that everyone runs out, gets the book. It's a great gift for the holidays. Yes. yes um, yeah. Perfect gift for the holidays. <laughs> there you go. Cause everyone has, everyone knows someone who's plant-based and you need to have something for them at a gathering, right? Cause there's nothing worse than being like, oh, sorry, you can eat the bag of pretzels lettuce. or whatever, right? Like, yeah, lettuce. Yeah, the lettuce. <laughs> lettuce. Yeah, the lettuce. We also, it was really important for Tony to make sure that as many recipes as possible could be adapted for also gluten-free, nut-free. So again, we want it to be something for everybody. I love that. I love that. Um, final question for you both, not related really to the cookbook or soccer, um, but I ask everyone, <laughs> on your toughest days, do you have a mantra? So maybe soccer, maybe cooking, I don't know. Um, on your tough days, is there a mantra that you lean on to get through? 
I think for me, just control the controllables, I think really hits for me. It just really puts a lot of things into perspective and um, takes a lot of the stress off. If I'm like, okay, well, if I can just focus on what I can focus on and control myself and my actions and my effort, then I've done what I can do. And I'm like very, you know, content with that. For me, I also really like focus on what you can control. And also I really like practicing gratitude. So I think when times get tough, I think about my parents that I get to see mm -hmm. all the time now playing in LA. I think about the club, the impact we're making in different communities. I think about the fact that I just get to do what I love for a living. My partner who takes such good care of me and I have so much fun with him, no matter what is going on in my life, my amazing friends, my published cookbook with my best <laughs> friends. And honestly, I think those are things that I know I can always turn to and is kind of that safe haven, no matter what else, what other shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Both of those great mantras. Um, Thank you both for taking the time. Congratulations on the book um, and let everyone know where they can follow along with you on social, on the web, everything like that. Yeah. So we have the um, web or sorry, the Instagram for our book. We are girls gone veg. And that's also our website as well, where you can find recipes. Um, my personal Instagram is Tony Dion. And I think that's Twitter as well. And Allie. I'm Riley three which is kind of confusing because I don't wear the number three anymore, but <laughs> Riley three and yeah, definitely check out. We are girls gone veg and it will have a link to where you can buy the book. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I love that. Well, thank you guys both so much and everyone get the book. Run, do not walk to get girls gone veg. You guys, the recipes are delicious. And it's super cool to know that it was created by two professional soccer stars. You can also find some of their recipes on their social media page. We are Girls Gone Veg. You can also find some of their recipes on their social media page. We are Girls Gone Veg. And make sure you're keeping up with all things on her mark on social at NBCS Boston. And I'm over at underscore Hannah dot Donnelly. That does it for me today. I'll catch you guys next time.